Welcome to the Food Do Podcast. This is uh, Saturday the 9th of November today and um, this is the first pilot podcast for thefooddo.com. I'd like to give you a very hearty warm welcome to the show. Um, we're going to be going for, well I reckon probably about half an hour to 45 minutes this evening and I hope you find it useful. We'll go through some of the aims of um, what we're going to try and achieve from the next few weeks. Um, my plan really is to um, release a podcast probably every two weeks over the next few weeks because I think initially a lot of the content is going to be fairly um, crammed together and we're going to get a lot of information coming through. And then we'll just see how things go. And I think I'll be very much guided by, you know, my listeners and people, what they say about the podcast, or whether they want more content more often or whether they want more content less often. So maybe something once every month or once every two weeks or even once every week. And we'll just be guided by how people really feel of things. So, what? who am I? Who am I? Who am I the food dude? Um, I've been doing this for some time now and essentially, um, well, I'm, I'm a general practitioner. I've been a GP for nearly 10 years in, in Kent, in, in Maidstone and um, I enjoy my medical practice. Um, I'm a very fulfilled GP um, and my background is also in um, endurance sport. Started life, um, well, I'll give you a little bit of a taster of, of, of my history, really. Um, as a kid, I was a very, very keen swimmer. I swam for my county, played water polo for my county. And then, um, you know, something that happened typically happens to graduates. You know, you leave school, you're very fit and lean and you're great, and you go to university and then, you know, you just kind of... Everything goes a little bit wrong. You you sort of lose interest in you know your, your your exercise, your fitness. You've got other things on your mind. You've got freshers, the whole thing like that, and things change. And you know you you sort of lose the sort of lifestyle choices that you did when when you were younger, um, and then you get other priorities in life. And essentially, I started as um uh, I first qualified as a as a doctor as a what you call an intern or um, resident for in uh, 1999, 2000, qualified. And basically, you know, I, I, I kind of just let myself go, really. You know, I was 70 kilos at, at school, you know, when I left school, when I joined medical school. And I was very fit, you know, had a, had a good um, aerobic capacity and fitness. And I essentially retained that, but by the time I qualified in 2000, I was um, 23, 24 years old. I was 100 kilos, and I was I was pretty overweight and pretty pretty inactive. Um, I did a couple of years in hospital, and it wasn't really until um, I became a general practitioner and I joined um, community medicine that I started taking care of myself a little bit. I remember it pretty much to the day actually. It was the day my son was born or pretty much the days leading up to his birth, I thought, you know, I need, I, need to, I need to sort myself out because this is no good. I was getting, you know, out of breath, walking up a flight of stairs and 
I didn't look great, I didn't feel great, I had poor levels of energy and you know I, I just thought God, I, I can't I can't be doing this so I didn't know what the future um, held so I so I thought I'd change things you know I started looking at my diet a little bit but I'll be honest with you I mainly used the exercise as the kind of route to try and exercise myself out of the situation I was in so you know I made a few modifications to my diet but you know I just I just ate less than I did before you know I think previously, you know, due to one thing or another, being at medical school, you know, struggling with sort of long 100-hour weeks as a junior doctor, um, I had the wrong stuff and sometimes in bad, you know, bad quantities, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, I had my times when I binge ate and things like that. And I'll be very honest with you, that's kind of what happened. So... Um, really I've sort of dusted myself off a little bit and thought I need to sort myself out um, but for many years I never really paid a particular attention to my diet and I, I started getting back into high level swimming again cycling, racing and running and everything like that and I, I did the triathlon thing from about 2005 onwards which um, culminated with going to European Triathlon Championships in 2008 and I, um, I competed in Lisbon and sort of got an age group finish. And then um, through one thing or another, 2008, I started doing kind of devoted full-time cycling. Really, I did a lot of road racing, um, category two road racing, and really sort of started time trialing and, and stuff like that. And a little bit of running, but really it was cycling devoted. But... You know, throughout my kind of um, aerobic endurance career, I was always just a little bit soft around the edges. I never quite got to grips with, um, <clears throat> you know, being sort of generally well-toned. And you do see this um, this thing where you go by, you know, many endurance athletes, particularly runners and cyclists and things like that. They're just not completely lean, you know. They've always got that kind of little bit of a podge you know a little bit of a spare tire around them and you know we, we we think it's something to do with you know chronic stress hormone production like chronic cortisol production things like that and don't forget you know the evidence now is that the high levels of endurance exercise and endurance sport do cause ultimate long-term problems with things like chronic stress adrenal burnout all these things that ultimately just lead to this little bit of weight gain and you know the endurance athlete is, is, is really completely well completely toned and I think it's an area of um, sports nutrition and sports science that there's a lot of work to be done Anyway, essentially what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, over the years, you know, I was doing a good volume of, um, you know, training every week, 10, 15 hours of, you know, very high level cycling training, you know, interval structures, micro intervals, high intensity exercises and, you know, in endurance based work. But, you know, for the amount of so-called, you know, calorie deficit and, uh, etc that he, he, people you know people talk about you know I should have been very very lean but you know I felt I was always carrying that two or three kilos extra 
um, and it was always left wondering how much of a difference would that make to my um, to my performance, and you know without getting obsessional about weight, it's something you do think about, and we all know that you know as endurance athletes we we think about it a lot, maybe more than what's healthy too, and it's certainly something that needs it needs to be addressed. Um, I sometimes think to myself, you know, do I do I um, did I do things the right way? It's literally only been this last couple of years that I pay particular attention to actually really devoting myself a hundred percent to my diet. And through one thing and another, um, I've been trying to employ some of the, you know, old school sort of ancestral and primal diets, low carbohydrate eating, because a lot of these things um, perhaps change our metabolisms and changes our physiology, so that. Um, we're more effective for endurance sport. And now I'm training for, for Ironman and half Ironman. I'm trying to teach my system to to use fats as fuels. So, you know, using ingested fats and saturated fats, you know, using fatty acids as fuels and thereby creating a ketone bodies, which um, the brain works off. It's the, I think it's the preferred um, preferred fuel choice of, of the brain, you know. We call it like a high octane fuel, which is what um, the ketone bodies, which is a byproduct of um, ketogenesis, creates, and um, it's certainly something that is is integral to a lot of the Paleolithics or primal diet, or you know some people call it the caveman diet. It's very very effective for endurance sport, and it does fly directly in the face and contradict directly. Um, the the sort of perceived and governed wisdom that actually to be effective endurance athletes we need to be taking in a diet of very very high carbohydrate which is what really all the teachings and what the schools what schools say you read the books all the classical advice is you've got to go high carb you know low high GI you've got to have your pastas rice the breads the grains and all of this stuff but you know, I'm looking at a paradigm shift, I'm looking at a slight conventional change because I'd like to introduce you to perhaps a new way of feeling your body, using your own body stores fuel, maybe thinking about using a low carbohydrate um, for very, very effective performance um, because some of the, you know, byproducts of this way of life, you know, more levels of energy, high levels of mental clarity and performance as well as very, very effective um, endurance um, performance in racing and in training. So I'm really, really stoked and really look forward to, um, you know, spilling the beans on a lot of this stuff because I spent some time um, studying this. So um, just looking at myself again, you know, what, where am I at at the moment? So as I said, I'm a full-time GP and um, I'm also an accredited sports nutritionist. I spent a lot of time um, looking at the alternative um, way of looking at sports nutrition. As I said, I've tried to um, persuade myself over time not to go down the conventional routes of the kind of high-carb feeding for, for athletes and um, looking at a lot of the alternative pathways such as Paleolithic low-carbohydrate eating, etc. Um, and I found this has been amazingly effective for me. 
Um, I find I have much more energy when I'm training. I need less than the way I feel while I'm training. It's impacted on better race performances. I'm also leaner, my body composition is better. Um, when I'm not training, I've got better energy for my job and my family, which is paramount and the you know the prime prime concern when we um, for our lives. You know, ultimately, we're not professional athletes. We don't do this for the job. We do it for fun, and I think it's important to, you know, it's a cliche, is it, to play safe, play hard, but you know, to remember that you know we've got the rest of our lives that we need to look after. And that's something I'm I'm very very wrapped up in getting right. So this is a quick little uh, whistle stop um, podcast, and really I'm just going to be um, telling you about the next few months really. We're going to be doing two types of podcasts. One will be one where I'm, you know, literally sort of talking actually like I'm doing at the moment, scripted or unscripted. And I'm just going to be, you know, shooting from the hip on different ideas and paradigm shifts. And it does go very much hand in hand with um, some of the information on, on my website, which is um, the food dude, um, F-U-U-D-U-D-E.com. Um, you can log on to the website and have a good look around. There's a lot of information there I think you might find useful. But yeah, over the next few months, we're going to be doing two types of podcast. One will be the more sort of um, kind of monologue thing that I'm doing at the moment. Um, the other one will be a series of interviews we'll be doing with some very high level athletes um, who maybe use alternative nutritional plans for sports. Also talking to um, different sort of uh, professionals, you know, we're talking about NLP, sort of neo-linguistic program practitioners, as well as um, therapists, uh, sports therapists, nutritionists, psychologists, and I hope you find it very interesting as time goes on. So, um, I'm going to chat to you all in a week's time. This podcast is about to um, end... And my plan is to um, bolt it over to iTunes and see what Apple think about it, whether it's going to get picked up or not, I don't know. I've got a bit of a paranoia that I'm, you know, got a fairly boring voice. I played it back a couple of times and, well, I don't know. But, you know, I'm just trying to be myself. I'm just trying to tell you what I know about things and how it's changed for me how it's changed for a lot of athletes who use this way of eating. And I don't want to kind of divulge everything at the moment because it's things are going to you know, be uncovered throughout the next few podcasts. And I think it's a bit of a motivation for you to download and to listen and, uh, and to see what we've got to say. It's the sort of thing that you can try. You know, At the moment, I, I coach um, a good handful of athletes um, ranging from, from bodybuilders who are looking to get really ripped and sculpted using low carb and things like that um, to some very high level endurance athletes particularly ultra distance um, I've got one athlete who's doing a 24 hour time trial next year and we're training her we're changing her from a sugar burner over to a fat burner and that really is the essence of um, distance work, you know, learning to use your own stores for fuel, not relying on exogenous or ingested foods. So, 
that's something to come. I really look forward to podcasting again and um, I hope you found it useful and I've certainly loved it and um, I look forward to um, speaking to you maybe in a week's time. Okay, so take care all. Bye. Thank you.